Hello, everyone. Welcome to 814 Grounded Podcast and coming to you from the Laurel Highlands of southwestern Pennsylvania. And it's still cold here (laughs) in April. And uh, we had a bit of a hiatus. I was traveling a bit. I was in Guinea, West Africa and also in Puerto Rico. And the experiences there will probably share some more in another podcast. I did some recording thanks to Owen giving me a handheld device, was able to interview a friend in Guinea and capture some of the music over there. And we will be excited to hopefully be able to share that with you guys in an upcoming episode. But um, for me right now, the process of, of landing after being in two places that are uh, pretty far from where we are now here in, in how we show up in our culture here in our society. And so I want to explore that a little bit and this introduce this perhaps process that may be helpful to you of just remembering who you are. Um, in my own experience living here in the United States and how I was socialized and brought up is sort of defining yourself by your roles, your identity, um, particularly in what you do uh, in your occupation. So, for example, when you meet someone here, that's usually a common question after you have the name, introduction, and so on, maybe where you're from, but what do you do? People ask that often here. And it's a means of, you know, getting to know someone. But what we do isn't who we are. And coming from a place where people are organized around relationship rather than, you know, status or accomplishment or consumption, um, you know, really looking at that and, and wondering if there's other ways we can think about that. And so, you know, wanting to, to share my own experience of, of remembering who I am and sort of being able to step outside what culture um, defines us, how culture defines us by our social relationships and by what we do. And, you know, coming into the space of remembering who we are uh, is, you know, spiritual beings um, in, in a human existence and maybe unpacking some of those roles, which are important, but they're not the whole picture of who we are. So and I know for myself, it's easy to forget who I am. And when I lack awareness and presence, it's my default mode. And when I don't know who I am, um, one of the things that that shows up for me is I feel like I'm trying to navigate on shifting sand. And if you've ever tried to to walk on shifting sand, it's it's an interesting experience in the in the body. But you know, I can become so consumed with that practice of trying to hold my shit together, and you know, navigate on this shifting sand. And and I recognize that that's what a lot of people in our society are basically doing and it's become very normalized so you know let's for me I don't want that to be normal I don't want that to be a normal practice I want to unpack that so I can cultivate practices of presence and awareness of, of who I am and be able to live from that space and you know looking you know, in, in the world right now, you know, there's, you know, this idea of who we are and sometimes sometimes that's related to place and space. 
And right now, the number of displaced peoples in the world is close to 70 million. So that's more than any other time in recorded history, and it's way more than the entire population of the whole United Kingdom. So 70 million displaced people. And here in the United States, um, you know, we it's not a newsflash for me to share with you that we lack wise, compassionate leadership. Uh, we have a leader that has mainstreamed racism, misogyny, and, you know, the cr- power and greed seem to be the driving force in, in the way that um, the United States is being um, led. So for me, personally here, that my challenge is showing up here without becoming what is present. How do I show up in the face of some of this without becoming it? How do I show up in the face of arrogance without being arrogant myself? How do I show up without getting swallowed whole with my own self-righteousness and pride? Um, so this is a challenge for me. And, but also, you know, there's also, we see a lot of spiritual bypass um, with all this suffering and, and, you know, spiritual communities such as religious communities and yoga communities. And, you know, uh, people will say, well, all I need to do is worry about being a good person myself and the world will take care of itself. And while, you know, there's some truth to that, there's always a little bit of truth to platitudes. It's not helpful in the face of injustice. So what can we look to in the world, spiritual traditions to remember who we are and who we all are, not just remembering ourselves as individuals, but remembering who we all are. So, you know, looking to the world spiritual traditions, you know, there's some wisdom here that we can draw from. And, you know, Jesus, we are on the other side of, of Easter and, you know, the, the whole experience um, for people in, in Christian communities of going through the season of Lent, going through the experience of, of learning every year about Jesus's ministry and you know, this being, whether you believe he was the son of God or not, that just knew how to love people, that showed up in really hard places and loved people that were not valued by society. So Jesus, you know, looking to him <laughs> can can orient us in a completely different direction than our, the values of our society. And Jesus in the book of John tells us not to adopt, adopt the corrupt values of the world, but be in our minds and our thoughts and our actions like him. You know, Jesus rejected violence as a response. And Jesus told us to welcome the stranger, visit those who are imprisoned, feed the hungry, and, you know, welcome people as a little child and love the least among us. The book of Micah in the Jewish tradition tells us that God requires us to seek justice to love kindness and walk humbly. The contemporary Zen Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh tells us that mindfulness must be engaged. We hear a lot about mindfulness and it's a wonderful practice, but it can also be very self-absorbed. So what Thich Nhat Hanh tells us, when we see clearly what is present in the form of injustice, we must act. Otherwise, what is the point of seeing? And I highly encourage of those who are interested in, in looking at the relationship between mindfulness and justice to visit the 14 precepts of engaged Buddhism. 
which is a great framework for sacred activism. And in the, the tradition of Islam, the Quran is full of verses that guide fasting to sensitize oneself to the hunger of another, to be generous and benevolent towards parents, any kindred, orphans, those you know, those you don't know. And I have witnessed this firsthand in my travels to Guinea, West Africa, where Islam is peacefully lived in community. In the ancient Vedas of Hinduism, the path of action, otherwise known as karma, is as important as the path of knowledge. So to dedicate one's action to the Lord is of the highest order. And in contemporary times, Gandhi is a prime example of spirituality and service in action. So what this says to me as someone who's looking to find wisdom that lies outside the values of society, of capitalism, um, is this idea that God is in every heart. And this is the foundation that is solid and unmovable. Love is gravity, that force unseen which holds us all together. So we can look to the wisdom traditions, we can look to nature. When I guide my students in Tall Mountain, which is basically this standing, this really grounded, connected, open standing position with the arms up over the head, we reflect on resilience here in Tall Mountain, that mixture of grace and grit that guides an authentic life. I am aware of the witness of the rolling hills of the Appalachian Mountains all around us here in the valley. These were likely formed millions, possibly billions of years ago. These hills have witnessed so much, including floods and migration, the devastation of the economy, um, uh, lots of different, you know, changes, and some of it challenging and some of it coming with hope. But having this awareness, God is in every heart. And in that awareness, in this remembering of who we are, we're much a, a part of creation as these rolling hills the rivers, and all the geographic markers in landscape. We are the landscape itself. We are like the birds migrating. Zenzu Earthland Manuel, a contemporary Buddhist teacher, calls this the multiplicity of oneness. So we are part of this complex diversity of species. This is who we are. We are part of the whole that is creation. We are here in this time amongst far-flung galaxies and suns. God is in every heart. Remember who you are. You contain the element of earth, represented in the dense matter of your body. The quality of earth is grounding. Despite the appearance um, of dense matter, some places may be more dense than others, <laughs> speaking of my, my own physical body here, you contain mostly water. Water seeks source. And this quality is inquiry. We have the metabolic fires of our digestion. The quality here is transformation. Our pulmonary system represents the element of air. The quality here is openness and spaciousness. We are made of the same stuff as the stars, carbon. So we are all wonderfully made, and we are made in the image of, and reflection of creation and creator. 
So I will leave you here before we have our ending musical meditation. I'm going to leave you with a story that I share lots of places that I teach. I teach uh, in a home studio in the Moxham area of Johnstown, which is contribution-based. And I also teach um, in prison, uh, a couple different places where people are incarcerated, uh, rehab, shelter, and with lots of uh, people that, that are in need of tools for recovery and transformation. But I share this story because it's one of my favorite scenes in one of my favorite movies and with one of my favorite actors. Um, the movie Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, who is Captain Hook. So if you've seen the movie, hopefully you can bring this uh, image in your mind if you haven't. Uh, Dustin Hoffman is Captain Hook and he has not forgotten who he is. He is fully embodied as Captain Hook. He knows who he is. And he's living from that um, place. <laughs> his actions and his speech are coming from a place of awareness of who he is. Peter Pan, however, as Robin Williams, has doesn't know who he is. Um, in the movie, uh, Peter Robin Williams' character is a lawyer living in America who is very caught up in the you know pursuit of wealth and status um he's a lawyer he works nonstop. he has a family with kids but they seem to be not the priority in his life as his work life seems to be the driving force for him being you know on this planet you know so that that's problematic at the beginning of the movie we see this we see this as problematic and um robin williams and his family go over to england to visit uh family and of course, Captain Hook knows he's coming. He kidnaps his kids. And, you know, long story short, Robin Williams goes to uh, the island of the Lost Boys, you know, in pursuit of his kids, not really knowing what's happening. And, you know, he gets to the island of the Lost Boys and all these little kids are there and they're all like, you know, making fun of him. They're throwing stuff at him. You know, He's there in a suit. He's really like angry and irritated and perplexed. And, you know, this miserable lawyer, they're they're just, you know, just throwing it down, like making fun of him. And, you know, he's getting increasingly agitated. And in the movie, what happens during this scene is a little boy comes up to Robin Williams and he motions for him to come down closer to him so he could get a closer look at him. And the little boy takes his hands and he starts manipulating Robin Williams' face and he's moving his face all around, and finally he moves his face into a smile. And when Robin Williams smiles, the little boy looks at him and says, Oh, Peter, there you are. I found you. So in this moment in the movie, um, Peter Pan remembers who he is, and of course, you know, cue the strings and the heart-opening music, and he can fly. So remember who you are. Remember who we all are. Find your foundation. Be in the world, but not of the world. Work for justice with compassion and desire for solidarity and the shared liberation of all beings. This is why we are here, to love and serve the highest order. So I'm going to share a song with you that I wrote. Uh, this is the life I am given probably about six years ago. 
And I highly encourage any of the music that we have on the podcast here is music that I have written. It's music that I invite you to use in your own communities in ways that feel uh, relevant to you. Um, This particular piece has been used by several communities. One is a Unitarian community in Washington, D.C., and another one is a First Methodist Church in Pittsburgh, and both of those communities have taken this and made their own arrangements and and used it in workshops and things. So I'm really excited about that, um, that this piece has traveled and been sung by literally hundreds of other people. So I encourage you, if this piece resonates with you and you want to take it in your community and use it, then please feel free to do so. This is the life I am given. I choose love. I walk in love. I dwell in love. I am love. be well in their minds and in their bodies. May all beings be free and safe from harm. May all beings have peace. And may each one of our thoughts, words, and actions contribute to the well-being, freedom, safety, and peace of all life. So be it. Namaste. Thank you for listening to 814 Grounded Podcast. If you wish to see more and to interact with us behind the scenes, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at 814GroundedPod. You can also reach us directly by emailing 814GroundedPod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, please tell a friend about us. That would be the greatest compliment. We would also appreciate if you would write us a review and leave a five-star rating wherever you found this podcast. 